Hi, everyone. This is Allison Weisbrot, Editor-in-Chief of Campaign US. And today we have a special Super Bowl recap episode planned for you. I am here with my colleagues, Bailey Calfee. Hello. And Sabrina Sanchez. Hey, hey. And we are going to break down all of the big moments from the big game, including which ads we loved and didn't love so much, and how that compared with creative leaders in the industry and the public. First, a few quick stats about the game. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the San Francisco 49ers in overtime. Taylor Swift's boyfriend won, which is the most important fact of the night. Um, viewership was up 7% year over year on CBS to 123 million viewers tuning in. So a lot of eyes on the ads this year. And there were a few ads and other non-ad related things that caused really buzzy viral moments. Um, so let's talk about those a little bit. Bailey, you covered the Cetaphil ad which kicked up a bit of a controversy once it aired. Talk to me a little bit about what happened there. The Cetaphil ad was playing off of this trend that Taylor Swift's appearance at NFL games was giving dads and their daughters something to talk about, um, something to connect over, and it played into this sort of game time ritual mixed with skincare ritual. Um, it got some backlash after it aired though because a TikTok creator named Sharon Mbapaze pointed out that she had been doing basically the same the same thing with her with her stepdad. It got a lot of attention for like a brand copycatting a black creator, which happens more than it should. But this one specifically I don't know, it just went, it went very far and very wide. And I spoke to Alex Foster, who was the ECD at Lippy Taylor, who came up with this idea. He mentioned that he came up with this idea based on an Instagram post that had a bunch of comments about, from dads saying, I've never felt closer to my daughter right now. And then he went on like a, a social media rabbit hole, finding that this is like a huge, a huge trend. A lot of people are noting that they feel like their connection, like their father-daughter connection is stronger because of this one instance. Um, so it got, it went, it went pretty big over the weekend. The, I think what's most important about this is that Cetaphil and Luffy Taylor went directly to the creator and made things right with her instead of it kind of washing over it, waiting for the controversy to subside or making um, a public statement. Instead, they went directly to Sharon and her stepfather and they made things right with them. The corrections came directly from Sharon herself saying, Cetaphil made things right with me. And they're teasing a partnership in the future that's going to tell their own story. Even though Cetaphil didn't come up with the ad specifically off of her content. They recognized that she was a very important part of this trend and are doing the right thing to give her the credit. Yeah, it's a really interesting example of um, where does an idea come from in social media where, you know, 
it's possible that multiple people came up with the same insight. And it's it's an interesting example of, of a brand making things right with a creator that felt, you know, taken advantage of. So more to come on campaign. We're doing a follow-up story on on Set of Phil's response. Um, but another another big moment from the night was Nix had its ad uh, pulled at the last minute, the makeup company, because of some kind of sexual innuendos made in the ad, which is not unheard of during the Super Bowl. Sabrina, any thoughts on that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the Nix ad, if anyone actually scanned the QR code and watched the full spot, you know, it stars Cardi B and um, she's promoting the NYX Duck Plump product, which is like a lip gloss that is supposed to sort of make your lips look plumper and bigger. Um, but the sexual innuendo is that the men in the spot seem to misread Duck Plump and replace a certain letter and are using it in the wrong parts. <laughs> And we're live, wondering why men put duck plump where it should not go. Party said duck. D-U-C-K. We've got another duck plumper. What is wrong with you guys? Duck plump makes your lips bigger. Nothing else. So that's that's the ad, but I think, you know, what I read was that the NFL just disapproved of the innuendo. Um, and so they pulled the ad at the last minute. So all we really see is just Cardi B sort of standing in front of this big sign, you know, that says duck plump and, and sort of making comments that may sound sexual audibly, but you don't actually see the extended version, which is the joke, right? Nick's duck plump. That's suspicious. That's weird. Freaky. So my thoughts on this are, I it's a shame that it got pulled. I think a lot of jokes are made during the Super Bowl, and this is just another one of those comedic moments. I do have to wonder that maybe perhaps it's because of who is in the ad. We know that Cardi B is no stranger to controversy, especially when it relates to like her sexual promiscuity. Uh, she's been fined by the FCC before. Um, for her performances at, you know, the Grammys, the VMAs, etc. So, you know, I, I wonder if it has to do with who she is. But um, I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, I saw the full extended spot and I thought it was very much like a woman's ad, which was nice because I think they were playing really well into this new viewership attracted by Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. um, so I wish I wish we could have seen the whole thing. I feel like it lost the the whole story with the shortening of the ad and kind of made you wonder like who gets to tell a joke in these types of ads. It's not at this point, it's not women who are able to make fun of men on this big stage. It's more so like men who get to make fun of women and make them the butt of the joke. Yeah. I think that's the key point here, um, which we're also going to be exploring. So stay tuned for more. Um, a couple other ads I wanted to quickly mention. Uber Eats had to pull a scene about somebody having an allergic reaction to peanuts that they were kind of making light of. There's peanuts and peanut butter? It's not coming off! Oh, it's the primary ingredient. And then there was that RFK ad that got a lot of uh, backlash for using JFK's old imagery and likeness and offended a bunch of people. It was actually, in my opinion, unfortunately, I mean, political views aside, a pretty cool ad. The RFK Jr. one, like, completely lifted 
his uncle's whole bit. Like, it was just exactly a JFK ad. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, um, I think the craft was very interesting. It was very vintage. Obviously, it used, like, archival footage and audio. And I thought that was a very interesting choice. It's not what we usually see with political ads. I mean, we, we definitely see, like, negative ads where they pull footage from a competitor and, you know, kind of make fun of them. But this was interesting. He's playing on the legacy. And I thought the way it was crafted, it was visually appealing. It just looked very different than what you normally see on TV. And I was like, wow, like, I actually stopped to watch this, which mm-hmm. is more than can be said for a lot of the ads that run during the Super Bowl. Yeah. I wonder if it's like, it's not saying anything about his actual views was kind of the point. Like, here, look, there's another third person that you could be voting for. Yeah. But you don't hear that he's against vaccines, for example. You don't hear his actual views, and that's potentially dangerous. Yeah. A few other viral moments that were not ad-related from the game were, of course, Taylor Swift just existing and being in the stands with her posse was amazing. Uh, my favorite was her chugging a beer. <laughs> I I am a little worried, though, uh, after Travis Kelsey yelled at his coach like that, I'm like, protect Taylor at all costs. But um, that was another moment that had some funny memes <laughs> around it. And then Usher was of course on fire. Uh, Sabrina. The Usher Stan. Tell us what you thought. Usher Stan. Oh my God, you guys. Those 12 minutes were the best 12 minutes of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Usher. And honestly, I, I like the ads that included Usher and elevated him and, and really created some buzz around his performance because, wow, that was a show. I love the theme, it was very Vegas. And um, he really played into like the whole entertainment. He had all this discography that we all forgot about. And mm-hmm. I was like remembering songs on the spot that I had forgotten about. So I think the ads that played, you know, played to him were done really well. I mean, it's interesting that he was even the choice for the halftime show. I, I was talking to someone about this and I was like, I feel like people forgot about Usher for a little bit. And then he did that like Tiny Dust concert and they were like, oh, Usher, you know, Still and that's it. how I felt. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He, he's one of these artists that just has all these hits, like especially like as a millennial or a Gen Z, you remember from your childhood and you're just like ready to bust out and start dancing. Um, what was your favorite ad that had Usher in it? So, I mean, there were a few. I think, honestly, the Apple Music like mini movie that they did was actually Phenomenal. I mean, not only did it include Usher, but it included a bunch of other like really good black talent and and even just Vegas talent like that magician um, that's famous in, in Vegas. And I just thought it was really well done because it includes, like I said, all of these different like moments and culture, Vegas culture. They really played up like this performance. And it's like, where's Usher? And I think that's exactly what I was just saying. Like people kind of forgot about Usher. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, wait, he's starting to appear again. He's the Tiny Dust concert, the Las Vegas residency, and people are remembering, like, oh, this is Usher. Like, he's not to be played with. Um, so I I really like the Apple Music mini movie. And also Tim Cook was in it, which is cool, because we don't really see much of him outside of, like, the Apple events. 
Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of fun to see him in a comedic element. One of us got to call Tim. Nope, not me. Mm -mm. You know what? I'm gonna FaceTime him right now. Go Come ahead. on, we in here. Where y'all? Where you going? Christopher. Tim. <laughs> what up? <laughs> we all here. Hey, buddy. Yeah. How was dinner last night? Something happened last night, too. Luda lost us. And there were a few other ads, too. I mean, Skims, actually, they didn't have a Super Bowl ad, but Skims um, announced them as an ambassador a few days before the Super Bowl, and I thought it was really clever. They are dropping a men's underwear line, or they dropped a men's underwear line the day after the Super Bowl on Monday. And, you know, it's it's exactly how you would imagine Usher to look in an underwear ad. <laughs> Without a shirt and looking fine as hell. So <laughs> that he is. Well, um, yeah, I thought they did a clever job of, of tying him into some of the promotions. With that, we're going to segue into what our favorite ads were. Um, I will start. Hopefully I don't steal any of yours. But I really enjoyed the Verizon ad with Beyonce. Um, not just because it was Beyonce. I mean, she could do anything and I would enjoy it. But... I really like the way that they tied her, like the concept of the idea was about breaking the, the internet, right? Provided by Verizon, Verizon. And at the end of the ad, she dropped her new album and like literally did break the internet. Okay, they ready, drop the new music. So I thought that was just such a clever way to extend an idea from the TV screen to the internet, which is exactly what everyone's trying to do these days. It was just seamless kind of like pulling that story through all the way. Bailey, what was your favorite ad? Well, I was going to say the Verizon one as well. Knew it. Another thing, as a Swifty who is always looking for Easter eggs, I think that Beyonce is going to do a sphere residency because she was like, I am the sphere in that Verizon ad. I think that that was another like Easter egg that she's going to like continue to tease out. Hopefully, maybe it's just like me praying. Um, but. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's sort of interesting to like um, see artists and brands adopt this like Easter egg strategy because it really does get the, the people like engaged online and talking about yeah. whatever it is you're trying to tease. So it's smart. And um, all credit to my girl, Tay. <laughs> And it's going to like get people to continue talking about it and coming back to it. Also, I just love Tony Hale and think that it was a great extension of his whole persona. Like I saw a tweet that was like, behind every powerful woman is Tony Hale holding her bag. And that's so true. <laughs> so I loved true. it. I also really liked the Pluto TV ad. I thought it was a really fun concept and I identified a little too highly with him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all know the couch potato life. <laughs> uh, I was like, why are you like, filming me right now? My, my house. <laughs> Retweet. <laughs> okay, Sabrina, what was your favorite? Yeah, so I had a few. Um, I'll start with the emotional ones first. For many people with blindness or low vision, there hasn't always been an easy way to capture daily life. So I really liked Google's Javier in frame. I thought it was such a simple concept of just showing how this technology can help someone with a disability or in this case, visual impairment. But I think the way that they crafted it was just so well done. I mean, trying to like illustrate his perspective, having this visual impairment and how the technology can help him identify when he's actually taking a selfie. And he gets to capture all these beautiful moments. He gets to share them online. And the spot culminates with him 
showing his firstborn uh, or new baby and um, taking us taking the first family selfie. So I thought that was such a beautiful ad. I think, again, like we need to spotlight more people from diverse backgrounds, and that includes people with disabilities. So I'm really glad that they did that. The other one that I really liked was um, Kia's Perfect 10. I thought it was so interesting that they leaned into like figure skating, ice skating. I personally have never seen an ad like that before. Um, and it was, you know, rooted in this concept of like when when a loved one can't come to you because of illness or disability or whatever, you can drive your Kia and go to them and show them this thing that you really want to show them. And in this case, it was a little girl that was performing. So I really liked those two ads. And I think those were like probably the only two pur- purposeful ads, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting because they definitely resonated with me. And I hope that they did with the public. And then um, the other one that I think is honestly my favorite was actually Disney Plus's ad. Mm. No audio, no video, just text. And all it did was show all the phrases that Disney is known for. Kachow, you know, that's cars. Uh, Bibbidi bobbidi boop, um, Cinderella. So, you know, it's kind of like a, if you know, you know. And I think that it really spoke to its brand resonance, its, uh, you know, relevance in culture. Um, And so it was really well done. I mean, Disney, you know, they just have to, they just have to show up. You just know who they are. Yeah, my favorite thing about that one is like it allowed you to use your imagination and like Disney's all about imagination. And then uh, for the Kia ad, it was it's for me, it's always refreshing to see a car brand not just be like driving on a mountain ridge <laughs> as their <laughs> entire concept. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, yeah, and Google, I mean, they Google always is really masterful at like demonstrating its product with really like emotional storytelling. So kudos to them. I will say um, you're right. That purpose was not a big theme this year among the ads, which is probably on purpose, no pun intended. And it seemed like we were back to humor. I mean, I love to laugh. So I love a good, really funny ad. And I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the, ads that were trying to be purposeful were kind of being disingenuous at the same time, which was like why some of them were my least favorite ads, which I will talk about later. Well, that's a good segue. We're going to talk about our least favorite ads. So I can kick it off. I think humor, some of the ads were funny. Some were trying to be funny and probably my least favorite ad that was trying to be funny that actually got a lot of good feedback was the Reese's ad where people were just like screaming and like (laughs) I had no idea what was going on. Wait, are you still selling the regular cups? Yup. New Reese's Caramel Big Cup. Yes. I just felt like there was no plot and it was too slapstick. Like I just didn't really, it didn't resonate with me. And I think a lot of the a lot of the funnier and and don't get me wrong, some of the ads were really funny, but a lot of them that were like trying to do too much around a celebrity and tell and tell too like long of a story, uh, they just lost me. And the ones that really caught my attention were like the Disney one or the Pfizer one or even the RFK one, where it was less of like story, like trying to tell like a movie in thirty seconds, and more of just like cat really caught caught my attention and got me to look at the screen. So anyway, that's my spiel. Um, Sabrina, what was your least favorite ad? Uh, I'm sorry if I'm stealing this, but Temu. 
I <laughs> why billionaire when they bought like fifty spots. <laughs> Why did they run the same ad four times? It's funny because I think like in some way they achieved their purpose, which was to get people to talk about them, right? Like if you didn't know what Tema was, you know what it is now because you just saw four Super Bowl ads from them and it was the same ad each time. But beyond that, it was just like animated and like just didn't fit with the other ads and it kind of threw me a little bit. Um, so Temu was definitely my least favorite. And then I would follow that up with, and I'm sorry, but Mayo Cat by Hellman's. Leftover chicken, scallions, cheese. What am I going to make with this? Mayo. Mayo. Hellman's. Holy, you can talk. And then she says, Mayo. And boom, Hellman saves the leftovers. Oh my gosh, this cat is talking. I just didn't get it, you guys. I... I felt like it was too much going on. And to Allison's point, it was like one of those ads to me that tried to be funny, but it didn't really land. I just feel like it was just too many um, celebrities in it. I didn't really follow what was happening. It seemed a little bit more chaotic than it needed to be. I just didn't really enjoy that one. Okay. Well, Temu was one of my least favorites, but that's who like, <laughs> like some of the ads that felt disingenuous to me. Uh, the he gets us ones like the message is nice but take that money and put it toward like actual people and actual like issues also like running an ad telling us like we shouldn't hate each other is really lovely but i doubt that it's going to move the needle for those that it needs to like our christians who watch that ad while supporting anti-choice anti-trans anti-gay anti-immigrant anti like sex work legislation and legislators are they actually going to change their ways like i i don't feel like they are and it just feels like kind of placating when you should like jesus's story is all about like being uncomfortable it just kind of like makes people feel comfortable when they like maybe shouldn't be you should be uncomfortable you should be mm-hmm supporting you should be like listening to other people's stories and supporting them and i hope that that happens but i don't think it's going to happen with like this ad and like 14 million dollars going toward cbs's pocket yeah i mean it's i'm sure that's i I, look i don't know anything about this organization maybe they are doing stuff as well but i see i definitely take your point of like uh, like okay (laughs) <laughs> like now what <laughs> it started the he gets us campaign was started by the servant foundation which um is has donated a lot of money to the alliance defending freedom which the southern poverty law center describes as an anti-lgbtq hate group they've since changed hands and now he gets us is working with this new kind of unknown group called come near there's not much information about who like what this organization is. So hopefully it's different than that. Yeah. (laughs) Back to the Temu thing. I I feel like there was like a cultural gap in terms of like what the Super Bowl is and like how you add, like the craft that goes into like some of the ads and they were just sort of like, let's just spend a bunch of money and get in front of people, which is like fine. But it was very like, came off as very like, you don't get the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really 
I couldn't di- like after seeing that I couldn't really differentiate it from any other brand like that, like Shein that just is mm. like selling a bunch of stuff for really cheap. I don't. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what the public liked and what our chief creative officers liked that we spoke with. So State Farm won the USA Today ad meter with this ad featuring Arnold Schwarzenegger using his famous accent to to sort of repeat the State Farm slogan, like a good neighbor. Hey, Arnold, I'm hearing neighbor. It's neighbor. That's what I said. Neighbor. 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 What did you guys think of it? I was like, to me, it was just another one of these like celebrity ads. I didn't, I was a little bit shocked that it won. What did, what did you think? Yeah. So I have thoughts on this one. Cause I, so this had Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Danny DeVito, which love Danny DeVito legend, um, which I think, you know, it resonated with a lot of people. They're both pretty funny. Um, I think it was smart that they repeated the slogan so many times. Cause you remember that that's the state farm ad. Um, as opposed to just being like, what the hell is that? And I don't remember the brand. Um, but I kind of felt like you, Allison. I I like thought it was cool, but it didn't really resonate with me. But I was watching the game with my mom who thought this was hilarious. And she was like, wow, that's my favorite ad. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't get it, but sure. But then, you know, she kind of was making the point that they're being reunited, which I can't even speak to what they were in together before. So maybe that just Mm. went over my head. Um, But I think for like that Gen X generation, it really resonated. So I can see why perhaps it aligned with Super Bowl viewership. Um, But I wouldn't necessarily say it was like the most inclusive ad for young people. Yeah, one thing I will say that it was actually like relevant to the brand because they did like use the slogan and like lean into the heritage of State Farm rather than just like putting a bunch of celebrities and not connecting to the brand. So it was one of the better celebrity ads, um, but not my favorite. Uh, Another one that scored really highly with the public was the Duncan ad, which I actually did kind of like that one, even though it was totally like throw a bunch of celebrities. Uh, But it was funny and it played on this Ben Affleck thing that Duncan's been on since last year. You're blinded by them pinstripes. Wrap it up. There goes Babe Ruth. Tom, you can stay. You remember when I told you I'd do anything for you? This is anything. Chill. They're naming a drink after us. I liked the Duncan one. I thought it was really funny. And like you said, I like the continuation of last year to this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one too. I thought it was more contemporary. I like the fact that Fat Joe was in it. Um, but I'm also from the Bronx, so you know I have that Bronx pride. They had J-Lo and Fat Joe. But then I also really liked all the representation for Boston, too. I mean, we we can probably count, like, the number of big celebs from Boston on one hand that like, we all know and love, right? So it was kind of cool to see them all in one place. And then they also, you know, had to throw Tom Brady in there, which I thought was kind of funny because it's like, oh, he's finally retired and he's no longer going to be at the Super Bowl. Actually, psych. Can't get rid of him. Uh, can't get rid of him. So I thought it was clever. Cool. So then we also um, put together a group of chief creative officers and gave them a set of criteria to rank their favorite ads by. And the results were a little bit different. So our chief creative officers scored Paramount Plus's Mountain of Entertainment the highest. 
I really like this ad. Uh, I also watched it like 17 times because I made a TikTok about it. <laughs> um, but for me, um, speaking of tapping into like certain generational humor, like this was pure millennial play, like bringing back Hey Arnold and his football shaped head. And But I also think they did a good job of bridging it to other generations with like Patrick Stewart and uh, Drew Barrymore and Creed. So... It was celebrity heavy, but in a way where there was like actually a storyline, which is important for a, an entertainment company. Um, and it was just like, we've all been wanting to see like, hey, Arnold, get his head kicked like a football for like our entire <laughs> lives. So <laughs> I love that. Ad. I really like this ad, too. Um, I have to say, like, just the feedback that we got from the creative officers on this spot a lot of it was like it, the tone was great. It played on the personalities of all the different celebrities that made the ad, including the animated ones. Um, and I agree. I think it was it was like improvised a little bit and it was fun and it felt very casual and like not forced, which made it all the funnier. And then, of course, you know, they played into some of these little tropes and like um moments like you know Arnold being thrown like a football which we've all wanted to do um there was like that funny little cameo from Peppa Pig at the end like <laughs> oh dear which is so cute um and then yeah like you know I think it was it was good writing it was um interesting CGI too which was an interesting play and then of course you know the personalities of the celebrities um it was a little celebrity heavy though I, I will say I'm actually curious to know how much this ad cost um, cause with all those cameos, I could imagine that a lot was spent. Well, you can subtract $7 million from that because it's CBS's own broadcast. So <laughs> they don't have to pay that's for the was, ad space. That's what I was going to say. Like, I wonder if these people just like have contracts where they like have to appear in certain things. It's like possible. This, it's possible. Where they're not even like making a ton of money. Like every other celebrity is like just for this. Appearance. I feel like I these like like Paramount Plus and like Netflix and other big advertisers like they have a cheat sheet for getting the celebrities that people want to see because they like have them on the roster already. They can just hit them up and be like, you have to be in this. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of their contract. Yeah. Um, so another ad that scored really uh in second place was Javier and Frame, which we already discussed. Um, so the creatives still like purpose, even if the people maybe don't. Mm -hmm. And then the third place was Doritos, Dina and Mita, which oh, I forgot something one second. I was kind of eh with it was another really action heavy celebrity campaign. I love Jenna Ortega. Um the tie-in to the Latin community like definitely made sense, but I, I don't know. What did you guys think? I thought this ad was hilarious. I love, <laughs> I love like, like action grandmas. I think it's so funny. <laughs> we agree to disagree then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to agree with Bailey on this one. I think like it's more than just the fact that they're grandmas. It's like the Latina grandmas mm -hmm. and the, the tagline. Yeah, the abuelitas, man, they're kind of crazy. But it's funny because this the tagline for the spot is even better. Like, go ahead, try us. I can't even, like, I can't top that. I can't think of how many times I've heard that in my life. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's so funny. <laughs> try okay, it. well, I do appreciate the way that they, like, authentically reached the demographic they were trying to reach. Um 
Okay. So a couple of, um, obviously the Super Bowl sets the stage for creativity trends throughout the year. A couple that we noticed were that a lot of TikTok brands were taking on the big screen. Bailey, you wrote a piece about that. Um, are we going to see more TikTok brands on big TV moments this year? We've got the Olympics coming up. What are your kind of thoughts on, on that trend? I feel like it's a good opportunity for them. I think that they should tap into this more because they have, I mean, it's almost foolproof for these brands who already have huge online audiences, in my opinion, just because if it doesn't do well, at least they still have a rapid fan base. And if it does do well, these audiences can amplify that message and make it go viral because they're like very used to going viral. It also like gives brands these like specifically these brands an opportunity to reach outside their niche audience kind of like and and to tell a more tell a story to more people like for example the nerds gummy clusters ad from this year introduced a new mascot and if they did that just on tiktok half the people like not half the people but like way fewer people would know who this nerds gummy guy is and now like how many people like 120 million people know who he is yeah it really just shows that like super bowl and these big linear tv moments are are still the biggest awareness play so like if you're a brand like nerds or uh nicks or whatever who's been buzzing on tiktok like this is your chance to reach everybody and that's still Mm -hmm. true it also i feel like like gives these brands a lot of cultural relevance to the communities they've already built because now they're seeing them in a different place. Now they're also like, and they feel like they've, they already know they're like, they're already in the know. They're like, Oh, right. already. I started um, it. Yeah. And like, and these brands also are like paying They're they're leaning into those communities they've already built. Like Duolingo's ad was very for, it was very for Duolingo users and people who talk about Duolingo online. Um, so was nerds, um, because Addison Ray is, was their celebrity that they used and she's a genuine brand fan. She's been talking about nerds forever. So mm. it's just kind of like, oh, we already got this. We know. And it's interesting that they're taking the like TikTok talent and creators with them as they <laughs> go to the big screen. So Addison Ray, Cardi B got started on Instagram, right? So well, first love and hip hop, but I digress. Um, (laughs) So yeah. And then another trend is just more female focused advertising. Um, This is partly because Mm -hmm. of the swift effect that like more women are watching these games, but we also had, you know, Nike and Dove address women's body self-confidence in sports. We had a few makeup brands. It's, uh, you know, CeraVe is, is a skincare brand. So I don't know. Do you think we'll see more women brands during the Olympics this year? What do you guys think? Yeah, I do think that there's a trend to highlight more women in sports, especially. Um, And we've seen it happen from a number of different angles. Like, you know, obviously there's been um, a focus around like Serena Williams and motherhood. Um, There was that like one brand that has this partnership with Naomi Osaka, which are also like a, you know, formula brand. Um, the name escapes me now, but then we're, we're also seeing just more of a focus on, um, just building like girls confidence as well. 
So there's a, there's been a lot of, and, and specifically as it relates to sports, right? Like, um, it girls in soccer, girls in tennis, girls in softball, like we're seeing a lot more of those types of ads. And I, I anticipate that we're going to see more of that too. I think, especially with women's soccer, um, there's been like a huge resurgence in interest in that sport. Um, and there's a lot more viewership from girls. I mean, at the end of the day, girls can play sports too. So I think we're going to be seeing more of that for sure. Yes, we can. <laughs> Except not me personally. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with being a girl. Um, okay, so that brings us to the end of our Super Bowl recap. Thank you both for your thoughts and uh, for your hard work leading up to the game. I'm sure all of our listeners know how how much of a frenzy we're in leading up to this big moment. Thanks to our listeners. Congrats to everyone for a great Super Bowl. And we'll do it again next year. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening to Campaign Chemistry. Be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts and head to campaignlive.com for all the latest news on advertising and marketing.